Educators want to stay fresh with literacy instruction, but are so busy with students, they don't always have the time. All year long, Choice Literacy publishes and delivers the best K-12 literacy practices so that educators can grow their students as readers and writers with choice in literacy. Welcome to the Big Fresh Choice Literacy Podcast. I'm Ruth Ayers. Stories are light. Light is precious in a world so dark. Kate D. Camillo, The Tale of Despero. Stories Matter by me, Ruth Ayers. Stories Matter. Sometimes in the thick of a school year, it is easy to forget the simple truth that stories matter in big ways. I was reminded that stories matter as my family gathered last weekend to wish our oldest daughter, Hannah, Godspeed as we send her off to Marine Boot Camp in a few days. We gathered with food and love, giving space for some of Hannah's favorite holiday traditions, like green bean casserole, full plates, and time to share favorite memories and stories from our lives. Hannah pulled a basket of rolls from across the table to a place in front of her. I am going to enjoy these, she said, smearing a pat of butter across the top of an already buttery roll. I was instantly transported back in time when six-year-old Hannah piled too many rolls on her plate. It had only been a few months since we adopted her, and there was constant tension between her wanting to overeat and us helping her regulate her food. Rather than stopping her, Andy and I made eye contact across the table and silently agreed to let Hannah eat the mountain of rolls. She learned the hard way. She was miserable from overeating, and from that point on, she self-regulated her own eating. The roll incident, as we affectionately call it, was the first of a lifetime of learning the hard way for Hannah. Although it may seem like a warm story of one meal to another, with a child growing up and forging her own path, It is only fair to remember that for kids who spend their first years scraped by darkness, it can be difficult to learn to believe in themselves and accept love. Soon, Hannah will board a bus and it will take her on a new journey. The traditions we've built to bring light to a dark start will be tiny stories tucked inside her scared and anxious heart. She is fortified by stories. Humanity is fortified by stories. It is not a slight thing to remember that stories matter. This week, as we gather around tables or around screens or gather memories, may we remember the power of storytelling. May we make space for more people to tell their stories and may we learn to honor all stories. This week, we highlight our courses and release Stella Vialba's brand new course, Honoring Our Students' Stories, Building an Intentional and Inclusive Learning Community. Stella is a wise teacher. 
She guides us through a process to intentionally honor the past and present of all students in order to provide the best literacy instruction. So hi, Melanie Meehan. Thank you so much for having me be the the person who gets to choose the book for November. Um, I chose Octopus Stew, which is by Eric Velasquez. And one of the reasons I chose it is because Eric's not only the author, but he's also the illustrator. And one of the things about this book, and you know, if you if you pick it up and you read it, you'll just be so impressed with all of the pictures that are in it. This is just a real quick sampling. Um, you know, there's a currency and a modernness of this because um, you'll see there's there's cell phones that tell the story. There's pictures that tell the story. There's ways that technology kind of works into it. But um, there's also an element of fantasy that exists in the story, but also small moment real story that you can pull out and use in classrooms. Um, and then the other thing that I love, and you'll see um, a lot of translanguaging that exists. So it celebrates cultures both in language and in the food that's going on because they are making octopus stew. Um, and finally, it's a whole celebration and honoring of storytelling in this book, almost like no other book that I've ever seen. Um, and I just think it's such a great hat tip to collectivism and celebrating how people tell stories within their families. It was a brand new book to me, um, Melanie. And so when I first got it, like before I even read it, I was like octopus stew. And I had to look up a recipe. I was like, and I just, um, I was thinking about just how stew is something that goes across cultures. And, um, and then when I read it, I was so delighted in the middle. I just felt like there was this surprise where the spread, like the spread opens and, um, it was, it was delightful. Uh, just a really enjoyable first read that I could see how kids would be completely drawn in to the story and have so much to say. And then like all those things that you just described, it's just, um, weeks and weeks of lessons. Like I could see myself picking this up or conferring with this during writing workshop because it's, it's an enjoyable story and there's lots of really wise moves that Eric is making. Yeah, no, it is. It's full of craft moves and I've gone through and I've listed a bunch of them. There's, you know, the transition words and there's lots of punctuation. Um, and there's just, there's ways that the characters developed and that the, the, the stakes get higher and higher that you could certainly teach in a workshop. It's interesting, and I hadn't really thought about the importance of the stew metaphor until you just said that, Ruth, and like the blending of all of the ingredients. And I think you could do a, a lot with teaching about that, too. Melanie, I was so excited you picked it because it's been on so many lists um, that I've been reading about and um, using, and I haven't had an opportunity to talk about it with other teachers. So it was such a treat to see that you picked it. And I loved the element of 
him telling the story, it's a big thing we're doing in first grade um, writing workshop right now is finding the joy and really telling a story from beginning to end. And I feel like it's such a great example to show this little boy just having such a ball telling the story that it becomes contagious with my students. And so then they think of what they can tell. And um, Ruth, I love that connection to Stu. That didn't cross my mind either, but I feel like there's a lot of book pairings we could do with other books um, where they're making, you know, I think of Thank You, Omu right away. And there's another one that's just come out that where they're making a soup and even stone soup. I just feel like there's so many connections that I've never made with that book until you said that. Yeah, I got my notebook out. So, you know, even older kids, but I got my notebook out and I just started listing stew stories and I could not believe how many I had. And just, it really does point back to our culture. And then because I, I love little miniature research projects, I started Googling like different kinds of stew and it's like, uh, there's all kinds of stew recipes and different, you know, different ways that people make it depending on their culture. And so it was, it just reminded me how, uh, just for me as a writer, how reading, you know, reading books always is leading to more ideas and you just never run out <laughs> really. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, Melanie, I love the translanguaging aspect in it too. Um, it, of course, it's just so important to value the different um, cultures and um, I, I have so many, you know, second language speakers where they can find ways to put in their own language and see that it's really valued and respected and find joy in that, you know, and telling their type of stories in their language um, is so valuable at this young age as I'm just trying to get them off started, um, recognizing all the opportunity in writing. So it's such a good one for that. And the pictures yeah. too. Yeah, no, it, it adds to the story as opposed to substitute something for it, which is such a nice thing. Um, and I think also since we do so much of kids writing their stories and doing the illustrations to go with it, it's such a wonderful example of an author who's using pictures to add to the story, right? So, so often picture books are created with illustrators that are chosen for them. So it's the layers of who's telling the story, right? You've got the author who tells the story, the illustrator who interprets it, and the reader who interprets it. But this one is the author and the illustrator being one and the same, which is just a, a little bit different and more authentically like what the kids are doing in writing classrooms. I think absolutely. And we just finished an illustration study where we talked about that, what happens when the author illustrates their own work or if someone else does. And what is really great about this example is the illustrations are so different than the mentor texts I use. You know, oftentimes you can tell it's been drawn and they can see even pencil, you know, pencil marks or sketches. And these are so different that it's so fun for them to figure out what he did and how he did it um, using a lot of the elements of illustration that we taught. Right. Yeah. Because I think they're painted, right? Is it painting? It's all painting. So like yes. here's, here, like here's an example. And again, it's just where he's being, he's trying to chase away something for his grandmother and protect a grandmother. And he's not telling you in the words exactly what he's doing, but you can certainly see what he's doing in the picture. So 
you know, and it's just, it's chock full of examples like that and just pictures that are just vibrant and colorful and, and cultural, right? Like, Yes. And just the partial octopus, you know, where you just get his tentacles and things and the perspective. There's so much there for illustration study. And again, just so different than the mentor texts I use. That's so fun for them to see all different ways you can um, use elements of illustration to help tell the story, um, whether you're drawing or painting or sketching. Um, I love it. Yeah. And the the faces, I think just the different emotions, there's such a wide range of emotions in this story and it's really reflected on the characters. So I was thinking, yeah, like, like <laughs> and he's got his cell phone out taking pictures. I mean, it's just yeah. so accessible. Yeah. And, you know, what's going on is there's something not quite right in that fish case and he knows it. And, and also like, she thinks the octopus is just fine, but we can look at the picture and be like, mm, there's something not so fine about him. <laughs> right. So it is, it's a really clever way to enhance the story that way. So again, um, I don't want to give away what's different about this book or, or how it kind of takes a twist. I will say there's, there's a great twist in about two thirds of the way through where I didn't see it coming the first time I read I read this book. I don't know about you, but it just makes me love it that much more. Exactly. That's that's so true. And I was thinking um earlier, Bitsy, when you were saying like your your kids are learning the joy of telling a story. And I think there's so much joy in in this book. But I appreciated the author's note. So those people, you know, if you're listening in, grabbing the book and the author's note and the glossary at the end. But again, just that idea of of storytelling. And this is a a story where the family is engaged in storytelling um, too. And so I was Reminded this week, uh, Stella Vialba has a new course called Honoring Student Stories, and one of her sessions is about oral and traditional storytelling. And I was just reminded uh, how so much of of what we do, so much of our work is all connected. And I just love um, the way that Octopus Stew is connecting exactly to what Stella is talking about and how we can honor kids in the way that they're telling stories uh, throughout our classroom. So this was such a nice book um, for me just to remember that message. Yeah, the importance of storytelling as a family affair. It just shines through and through and through in this book. So yeah, thanks again. Thanks so much for, for letting me choose that and giving giving me a chance to put that one up on the pedestal of really great, important books for kids to get to know. At Choice Literacy, we know that you want to be an educator who makes students' lives better through literacy. In order to do that, you need access to comprehensive literacy practices delivered in a way you will actually use. With over 150 in-the-field contributors, we understand the pressure to reach a variety of needs and not enough time to do it, which is why we hold true to workshop tenets like choice and share practical ways to plan and deliver literacy instruction straight to the point of student need. 
You can find links to all of the articles discussed in the show notes or sign up for the Big Fresh so you can have the links delivered directly to your inbox. Keep growing readers and writers by offering choice in literacy.